Let's release faith. I have a, a witness in my spirit that there could be and can be, and if we'll respond, will be a number of healings in the service tonight. And everybody watching online. And uh, it's the, based on the, the concept in the word that said in the Psalms, said he sent his word and healed them. He sent his what? Word. Now, you know, laying on of hands is right. Prayer is right. Agreement is right. Anointing with oil is right. There are numerous ways that you can receive a healing. This is one. The word comes to you and you receive it. And so I, I've actually seen what I'm teaching on tonight, as far as I know, unless the Lord takes me somewhere else. I have seen amazing results of people receive healings when I've taught this before. And I've, I, I mean over and over and over and over again. But I didn't say that because of past experience. I said it because of a witness tonight. So the reason I say that is because I'd like for you to release faith with me right now. That we'll hear it the way we should hear it, and we'll receive it. And not just receive what we're hearing, but receive the healing or the deliverance that comes with it. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree together as touching this, asking you for the utterance, the anointing, for the moving and manifesting of your word. You never change. Your will does not change. And so, Lord, we open our hearts to receive your word and let it enlighten us, and let it heal us, let it deliver us. We uh, we're prepare our hearts to respond and receive that. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to say about this what Mary said. When the angel brought her a word about the miraculous conception, she did not understand how such a miracle could take place. But you know what she said? Be it unto me according to thy word. Well, if God could do that, he could fix your liver or your heart or a lung or a kidney or your blood. Say it out loud. Be it unto me. Everybody say it, please. Be it unto me according to your word. O Lord. And and. When she said that, something happened in her. And literally, I don't know if it was that moment. I know it affected all the moments after that. But the word literally became flesh. Hallelujah. A word the angel brought from heaven later was walking and talking and preaching. <laughs> Well, the Word is still becoming flesh today in the form of salvations, deliverances, protection, healing. Do you believe it? He sent His Word and healed them, and He's still doing it today. You can be seated. Look with me in Galatians 3, please, and then we'll be looking at Deuteronomy 28. For some weeks now, we've been on this subject. We're calling Redeemed. From the curse of the law. In Galatians the third chapter. And verse 13. It says Christ. Hath. 
What, what does half mean? No, it's not good English, but already done did it. <laughs> Past tense, right? Past tense. Has. We'd say has. Christ has redeemed us. This is one of the big revelations of the New Testament. Many are still trying to get God to do something about their situation when the problem is he already has. Trying to get God to do what he's already done is a problem. Can you see this? No, we must by faith receive and lay hold, just like we were talking in the, in the offering. We were talking about, you know, a harvest of finances and material things. Now we're talking about a harvest of healing or something else. All that he's talking about here, he's not in the process of doing. He has done it. Do you believe it or not? He has done it. Christ has redeemed us. Now it didn't stop there. From what? A lot of people say I've been redeemed, but they stopped there. No, what, what have you been redeemed from? Very specifically, this verse says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Because Jesus was made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. It was no accident that that's how he died, was nailed to a tree. Tree means wood. That's where the wood came from, was a tree. And that was prophesied millennia before it happened. One of them, if you're honest, one of the most amazing things about the Bible is its accuracy. And how to the small details things were foretold thousands of years before they happened. And then when they happened, they ha how many remember in the Psalms and other place, places, it said they'll look on him whom they've pierced. It said uh, not a bone of his will be broken. They broke the legs of the two that were crucified on each side, but they didn't break a bone of his. How many can see what I'm talking about? I mean, if you begin to see, don't neglect your Old Testament because the New Testament is the fulfillment of what was prophesied and seen in the Spirit. It is amazing, amazing the accuracy. Christ has redeemed us, verse 14, that the blessing, so he's talking about two big things here. He's talking about the curse, which we got redeemed from. And he's talking about the blessing, which we got qualified for. <laughs> you couldn't talk about this too much. You couldn't understand this too well. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That was us. Through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And how do you receive all of this? Through faith. You, you can never get far from faith if you're staying with the Word. He brings it up all the time. In fact, like we said earlier, it's impossible to please Him without it. Well, one of the things that pleases Him, we're His kids. One of the big things that pleases a good parent is their kids doing well. 
Right? Yeah. He wants to do so much for us, but he's told us the way it has to happen. You have to believe him. You have to resist the enemy by faith. You have to lay hold and receive what's been given you by faith. By faith. Now go with me to Deuteronomy 28, please. And let's get into more detail, because uh, how do you know what to resist if you don't know what you've been redeemed from? And how do you know what to lay hold of and receive if you don't know what blessing's been given to you? In uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, it'll come to pass, he said, if you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations on the earth. Now, there's numerous things in here that a, a whole teaching on it would be good, but that's not my purpose tonight, so I'm just going to I'm going to summarize a couple of things, but maybe in future sessions we'll get into it in more detail. Should we obey God and obey God's commandments today? Yes. We, we are not justified by keeping the law, but we do have two commandments that include all of the other. One is that we are to believe God faith in God. The other is the new commandment to love one another as he has loved us. Without going to all the scriptures, they're in Romans, they're in the gospel accounts, or in other places. Those things fulfill the law. Two places in the epistles at least it says, if you love your neighbor, then you have fulfilled the law. I've heard people say before, you know what, well, Jesus taught the law and that was the last of that. And now, so they, they act like what's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John doesn't apply to as much. Jesus did not teach the law. He introduced the new covenant. He didn't teach the law. Study Matthew 5 closely. And he draws contrast. He says, in the law it says, but I say to you something different. And it wasn't contradicting the law. He's introducing, and in fact, the scripture said the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist. That's what the scripture says. Not until Jesus, until John the Baptist. Jesus introduced the new covenant. His teachings are for you. Don't believe that stuff. And uh, the commandment that takes us to a higher level. It's not just that we ignore the Ten Commandments now and we say, well, that's, you know, that doesn't, make, that doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It's holy and it's good. But if you walk in the divine God kind of love, you don't need a commandment telling you not to steal. If you're walking in love with people, you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to lie to them. You're not going to murder them. Can you see this? And if you're walking by faith, Galatians talks about this. If we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. It's not now we have nothing instead of the law. We do nothing instead of the law. No, we've come into a higher way of living. We live by faith. We walk in love. And we're led by the Spirit. What do you mean we don't keep the Ten Commandments anymore? You do those three things, you won't violate. 
the Ten Commandments. Can you see this? But it's not a matter of trying to keep a rule or a list of things. Every day it's a living fellowship with the one who's inside you. And how many understand uh, walking by faith, walking in love, being led by the Spirit will keep you busy all day long and all night too. Is that right? But that's how we qualify today. Is the blessing still in the earth? Well, why would the Spirit of God be talking to the church about it in Galatians? Is the curse still in the earth? Oh, yes, it is. Well, how do we qualify if we're not going to keep the law and observe all the statutes and ordinances? That's not how we do it. How do we do it today? That's what we've been talking about. We do it by faith, love, and led by the Spirit. Can you see this? So instead of if you keep his commandments, well, we're still keeping his commandments. But how many remember Jesus said, as he introduced the new covenant, I give unto you a new commandment. Is that right? We, we got a new commandment. And you couldn't tell them be led by the Spirit. They weren't born again. They didn't have the Spirit living inside them. Now they did live by faith, but they weren't born again. And so there were limitations there. And Jesus hadn't come and paid the price yet. Said out loud, walk by faith, walk in love, led by the Spirit. We do those things, we, then, then we will quali- we, we keep ourselves in uh, the reception mode, maybe be the best way to say it, of all that has been given. We'll keep ourselves disconnected from the curse and connected to the blessing. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So, so keep reading. He said, uh, if you observe these commandments, which I command thee this day, we know how we do it today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come on you. Do you like the sound of that? They, They will come on you and overtake you if you'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. We've already talked in detail about how we do that today. Verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Keep going. I'm going to read right down through here. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. That's your children. And the fruit of your ground. And the fruit of your cattle. And the increase of your kind. And the flocks of your sheep. That's all your work. That's all your investments. Blessed shall be your basket and your store. Your checking account and your savings. Those two things qualify for that. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Well, you're usually either coming or going. (laughs) You're blessed both ways. The Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They'll come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing. Don't you like the sound of that? How many think something happens when the Lord commands something? This is the same phrase that was used that we, when we started out the series when we talked about how God told them to let the land rest the seventh year. And he said, anticipating, he said, now if you say, well, what will we eat? You know, if we don't plant anything on the seventh year, 
He said, I'm going to command the blessing on you the sixth year, and it'll produce three times what a normal year would produce. That's what happens when God commands the blessing. I mean, it's a blessing when you have a good bumper crop. But when you have three times a good bumper crop, that's beyond natural, right? There's blessed and then there's more blessed. Jesus talked about that, didn't he? When he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because receiving is a blessing. But being in the position to give is even more blessed. God will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all you set your hand to. How many of you see this covers a lot of ground? All you set your hand to. All you set your hand to. What all you set your hand to? Bless. Does this have anything to do with us? Galatians 3, our text we just read said, If you are of faith, you are blessed with faithful Abraham. And because of your faith in Jesus, you are the seed of Abraham. And verse 14 had said, So that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Do we believe this or not? Then say it out loud, that blessing is mine. mine. What blessing? These people are the seed, the descendants of Abraham. This all goes back, uh, you know, a development of that covenant from him. Keep reading. It says, the the Lord will command it, verse 9, he'll establish you to you a holy people to himself. As he swore to you, if you'll keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, all the people of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord, and they'll be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you plenteous in goods. That's stuff. Stuff. In the fruit of your body, that's your children. In the fruit of your cattle, fruit of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land in his season, and to bless all the work of your hand, and you'll lend unto many nations, and shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head, and not the tail. You'll be above only, you'll not be beneath. If, if, everybody say if, (laughs) you'll hearken to the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you this day to observe and do them. Does this principle still apply to us? It does. We don't keep the law and the statutes. We do observe the new commandment. We do walk by faith. We do, we, we are led by the Spirit. Keep reading. You'll not go aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right hand or to the left and to go after other gods to serve them. And if you are familiar with the scriptures here, you'll see that is what absolutely destroyed them later. He warned them and warned them and warned them. And they all stood up out there and said, oh, yes, 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 the Lord is God. He's the only God. And he kept telling them, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And, and they did. Verse 15, so that's when he comes to the warning, which should have caused you to, to never want to do this. But it'll come to pass if you'll not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God 
to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these what? All these what? Curses. Curses shall come on you and overtake you. Now, this is not good news we're about to read. Is a curse good or bad? bad. Is a blessing good or bad? Good. good. And here is where the enemy has been all too successful in confusing ministry, laity, the church for generation after generation. You have people calling blessings a curse in disguise and curses a blessing in disguise or some other kind of dumb phrase. A curse is a bad thing. Never is it a blessing in disguise. If God is disguising blessings and curses, and curses are coming on the obedient, and blessings are coming on the disobedient, how can we figure any of this out? You'd be hopelessly confused, which a lot of people are. Here's the good news about what we're about to read. If it's a curse, we know God doesn't want you to have it. Is that right? You know that. Because to say he wants you to have it, how do you separate that from being disobedient? If he wants me to have it, it was connected to disobedience and rebellion against him. And if he says, I know you've been obedient, but in my infinite wisdom, I'm going to give you some curses to develop some things in you. No, the scripture says the, the rod or the punishment of the wicked shall not rest on the part of the righteous. There are numerous verses that talk about this. And Isaiah even says, woe to him that calls good evil and evil good. We got a lot of that going on. No, it's very simple. A curse is bad. Right? God does not want you to have it. He, does he want you to be obedient or disobedient? Obedient. Does he want you to follow him or not follow him? Follow him. Well, then he said, if you follow me, you're not going to get the curse. You're going to get the blessing. Amen. If it's a curse, we know God doesn't want us to have it. And what's even more amazing news is that if we find it in here, Galatians 3.13 said, Christ has already redeemed us from it because we're reading directly the curse of the law and according to the New Testament we've been redeemed from anything that's in here called the curse of the law should we know about this should we know okay verse 16 curse shall you be in the city curse shall you be in the field curse shall be your basket and your store curse shall be the fruit of your body the fruit of your land the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. Does this sound familiar? It sounds like the blessing reversed, right? And we talked about that. God makes powerful, eternal things. When he set 
light in motion, when he puts gravity in motion, he doesn't have to get up and make it work every day. And how many know gravity can be a blessing or it can hurt you? Is that right? Electricity can do good for you or it can hurt you. It depends on which side of it you're on. And here we're seeing this power that God released. It depends on which side of it you're on. If you're on the obedience with God's side, it's going to bless you. If you unhook from God and get on the disobedience side, we, we talked about this. They proclaimed this on two different hills or mountains, they called them. Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, showing it depended on which side you were on as to whether you were blessed or whether you were cursed. We taught on that. You can go back and get it if you want to. But he, it sounds just like the blessing, only instead of the good, it's bad. Verse 19, curse shall you be when you come in, curse shall you be when you go out. The way of the transgressor is hard. That's why people get so discouraged. It, it is hard because it seems like, you know, man, from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, it seems like things are against you. And people get mad at God. God, why won't you help me? No. Why won't you quit doing your own thing and come submit to him and do what he told you to do? He's the creator. You're the created. You don't have life. You don't have breath. You don't have heartbeat without him. Getting mad at him is one of the stupidest things. Anybody ever did. He's not your problem. Two people are your problem. The enemy. And yourself. Are y'all with me now? This is the truth. If you say well I don't like all this cursed stuff. Is there a solution for that? You could back up to verse 1. And if you'd be. Willing and obedient. Right? then you don't have to even think about the curse. That don't apply to you. And it doesn't apply to the redeemed if we'll walk in the light of it. The Lord will send on you cursing, vexation, rebuke, and all that you set your hand unto. Now this is just like you could say, the, the Lord, you know, sent gravity and that guy fell. Well, yeah, but he didn't send the gravity to hurt the guy. The guy or the woman got on the wrong side of the gravity. Till you be destroyed. You'll perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings whereby you have forsaken me. Keep reading. And the Lord will make the pestilence cleave to you. Tell me the two great things if you can find it in the curse of the law. If it's a curse, we know God doesn't want us to have it. If it's a curse, we've been redeemed from it. You believe this or not? The pestilence is in the curse of the law. If you look that up, and I, the Lord helped me, I took the time to do it, and uh, looked at many, many different translations, so I'm going to give you some of these as we go through, because uh, that, that may not be a word you use in everyday vernacular, pestilence, and some of these others I know you don't use that we're going to get to. It just means plagues and diseases. So uh, if this is part of the curse of the law, somebody say, I've been redeemed from plagues and diseases. Verse 22, 
the Lord will smite you with a consumption. Now, that word was used years ago in reference to tuberculosis. And uh, other translations say wasting disease. Others say infectious diseases. Tell me the two great things about this. If it's a curse, we do not have to wonder at all, it's not God's will for you to be cursed. There's no way it's God's perfect plan or will for you to have this. You agree with that or not? The reason I say that is because much of the church world does not agree with what I just said. They'll try to say, as horrible as it might have been, that tuberculosis could have been a blessing in disguise. Something that drew you closer to God in the end. Do you know what I'm saying? Millions believe this. But it, you can't have it both ways. God said it's a curse. So don't you call it a blessing. Is tuberculosis a blessing? No. Ever. No. To anybody. No. It's a curse. Tell me the two great things about what we, what we know. If it's a curse, God didn't want me to have it. If it's a curse, Christ has redeemed me from tuberculosis. Wasting disease, infectious diseases. Now think about how much that costs. The good news says infectious diseases. Have I been redeemed from infectious diseases? Have you been redeemed from wasting disease? Also, it says with a fever. Now, that covers a lot of ground. One says recurrent fever. And the next one goes with it, inflammation. Inflammation includes the Septuagint, which is a highly regarded Greek translation, says colds. Cold. And uh, the living says infections. Moffitt, Byington, Knox translations say ague, including malarial fever. Well, fevers and infectious problems. How about cold? Are colds blessings? No. In disguise. No. <laughs> There's nothing good about a cold. Nothing. People are all mixed up. Do you know why I raise my voice and I'm moving my hands around? <laughs> so much of the church believes these lies. And the problem with it is if you believe it could be God, you're not going to resist it. And you're not going to be redeemed. You're not going to experience that redemption even though the price has been paid for. you got to know what you've been redeemed from. And you got to take a stand. And resist the enemy. And not accept these things. But reject them. And refuse them. And stand against it. Fight the good fight of faith. Consumption. Fever. Inflammation. Uh, like we said. That includes recurrent fever. Cold infections. Extreme burning. Is the next one. And you see why I'm going to some other translations. You can read past this in the King James and not get what he's saying. Three translations say violent, fiery heat. So this is, these are high fevers. Listen to the Moffat translation. 
Instead of extreme burning, it says erysipelas, caused by streptococcus, strep throat. The Byington translation says influenza. Can you have some high fever with influenza? Tell me two good things about that. Tell me, tell me. If it's a curse, is it a curse or not? You found it. That there's a line and in Deuteronomy 28, it's pre verse 15 and post verse 15. Right? If you find it on the post 15 side, it's not for you is right. Somebody say it's not for me. It's not for me. You if it's a curse, you don't have to think about it anymore. You know it's not God's will for you to have a curse. You know, if God had wanted us cursed, all he had to do is nothing. Just not send Jesus. If he went to such great lengths to redeem us from the curse, don't dare say he wants you cursed with that. He wants you to have that. Don't say it. Don't call evil good. Don't call a curse a blessing. It's confusion. It's deception. Somebody say, I've been redeemed. From fiery heat, heat. streptococcus, Streptococcus. I've been redeemed redeemed. from influenza. influenza. I'm redeemed. Now see, it makes all the difference in the world. If you see on the news, oh, there's a lot of cases of flu here and there. If you say, oh man, oh man, I'll probably get it. I'll probably get it. Then you probably will. What do you say? What do you come on? I'm redeemed from the curse of the law and included in the curse is influenza. Now don't just take my word for this. You know, you do your own study on it. Prove it out. Extreme burning. He goes on to say with the sword, you know what that is, and with blasting and mildew. Now I wish that meant that you never have to clean your bathroom again. <laughs> but, but that goes to the curse of the fall. Which is a different thing. Than the curse of the law. And we. The curse of the fall. Includes having to work. It includes a number of things. And that's still with us. It includes the ground. Bearing thorns. And other things, having to get some things done in the sweat of your brow. And we, that's still with us until the Lord fixes this whole thing and gives us new heaven and new earth. But it's not a blessing. It's still a curse. But with believers, it, it's not going to go away, but it can be mitigated. And you can have strength in the middle of it. Right? And not experience sorrow like others who have no hope. Verse uh, 23. Well, actually, there, there's so much there, but for time's sake, I want to stay with the sickness part of it. We'll cover that. Then maybe another time we'll look at some of these other parts. Skip on down to verse 27. It says, the Lord will smite you. Again, that's something. He released the power, and it'll do you good or bad, depending on which side of it you're on, with the botch of Egypt. Now, you wouldn't have to know what this is to know you don't want it. Is that right? 
Somebody comes to you with a big green goo and a syringe and go, would you like some botch of Egypt? What do you go? <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> Tell me two great things about this. It's a curse. The botch of Egypt is a curse. So what do I know because of that? There's no way God wants me to have that. Tell me the other great news. Christ has redeemed me and you from the botch of Egypt. I can live my whole life and never have any botch. Somebody say, I've been redeemed from the botch. Yes, you have. But now listen, listen to other translations. Rotherham translation says burning sores. Two translations say scabs and sores. One, two, three, four, five, six translations say the boil of Egypt. They had boils. Young Fenton Dewey translations say ulcers. Well, that's what a boil is. It's a sore. It's an ulcer. You can have sores, ulcers on the surface of your body. You can have them inside your intestines. You can have them some other. You've been redeemed from sores and ulcers. And Do you believe this or not? Now see, if you don't believe it, you don't accept it, you don't resist it if it tries to come on you, then you'll endure anything that any non-believer would endure. But if you lay hold of it, you give God the right to manifest. The blessing is a connection to life. The curse is a connection to death. We've been redeemed. Say it out loud. I've been redeemed redeemed. from the curse curse. of the law. law. Emeralds and the scab and with the itch. That sounds bad too, don't you? (laughs) How many are glad you never have to have the itch? (laughs) What what, what does that mean? Well, emeralds, three translations say hemorrhoids. Good to be redeemed. A lot of people have a lot of trouble with this. Somebody say, I've been redeemed from hemorrhoids. Could it be God's will for you to have hemorrhoids? Now, now, now some people are laughing, but much of the, more of the church world than not believes that some of these curses you don't understand why, but they are, it can be blessings in disguise and that God's in control of all of it. But we saw that he said in this same book in Deuteronomy, he said, see, I set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. You choose. Oh, somebody say you choose. You choose. You choose. God didn't choose the curse for anybody. It's our choice. Now, sadly, innocent children are affected by their parents' and grandparents' choices and other people's around about them. Sadly, leaders' choices affect people under them. That's why it's so important we pray for our leaders. In our country, vote and pray. Why? Because people making bad choices can affect you and hinder you. 
But thank God, no matter where you are, no matter how bad it's been for your family or your tribe or your group or your country, you can look up to God. You can repent of the ignorance and and rebellion and unbelief. And you can receive and believe and submit to him and receive your redemption from the curse of the law and receive the blessing that belongs to the seed of Abraham, which even though you, you may not know where you came from or what kind of mix you are, you know now your genealogy is easy to keep track of. I am born of God. <laughs> and that makes me an heir of the blessing of Abraham. So it also says this now, and you can actually prove this out by looking at what happened with those plagues in Egypt and plagues on the Philistines, because this same Hebrew word is used here. One, two, three translations say ulcers again, but listen to this. The NAB, the NEB, the Burke, the Beck, the NIV, the Moffat, the Fenton say tumors. Tumors. Tell me two great things about this being in here. If it's a curse... There's no way it pleases God for you to have tumors. I've heard Christian preachers, I've heard pastors say, if they weren't ignorant about it, it'd be blasphemous things about God putting tumors on people. And we don't know why. Don't know why God did that. On children. No. No. There's nothing blessing or good about it. It's a curse. Always has been a curse. Always will be a curse. Tell me two good things about it being a curse. If it's a curse, there's no way God wants me to have it. And if it's a curse, Christ has already done did it. Redeem me. Somebody said out loud, I've been redeemed from hemorrhoids, from ulcers, from tumors. Other translations expand on that. They say swellings in the groin, sores, piles. Good stuff to be redeemed from. Bad stuff, but good to be redeemed from it. Somebody says, well, what if a tumor shows up? The appearing of something in your life does not reveal the will of God. I mean, if you're going to say anything that happens in my life was somehow the mysterious, unknowable will of God, then what about, see, I guess you're going to say sin's the will of God too. Anything that happened. Now, there, there are groups that believe this, people that don't believe in God, people that believe, try to believe in God by another name. They believe that no matter what happens, no matter what kind of evil that somehow if God didn't do it, he allowed it for reasons we don't understand. No, no, the truth is human beings have a free will. And he said what? He didn't say I've already chosen for you. What did he say? You, cho- you choose. What? Choose to believe in me. Choose to obey what I tell you. And what did he say? All these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Choose to ignore me. 
choose to rebel against me and all these curses will come on you. How many believe when God says something, it's true? Either way, it's true. Well, I don't like all that people might say, well, then obey him. Amen. You don't have to think about the other. Believe him. Walk in faith. Walk in love. Be led by the Spirit. Resist these things. If a tumor shows up, what do you do? You say, no, you don't. No, you don't. I've been redeemed. Are y'all listening? Come on. I've been, you're not denying that it's there. You're not denying that junk happens. The curse is in the earth. What you are rejecting is its right to be in your life. Because you've been redeemed. And that's why it's such a big deal that if you think it might be from God, you're not, you're not going to resist it. And the enemy knows that. So he just gets to operate unchecked. But no, the moment anything that's a curse shows up in your life, number one, you check up. Am I obeying him? Am I walking by faith? Did I get into some fear? Because that's not walking by faith. Okay, if I did, I got to get rid of it, right? I got to quit this and get back in faith. Did I get out of love? Come on, can you see this? Did I get out of love? Did I treat somebody bad? Am I holding a grudge? How many know you can change that immediately if you want to? You can repent. And number three, am I being led by the Spirit? Did the Lord tell me to do something and me ignore Him? Am I listening to Him? Am I following Him? And if that's the case, you can get that fixed too. And to the best of your knowledge, you're doing that. What do you do? Then you get strong and it need be you get loud. And you say, no, you don't. I'm redeemed from this. I don't have to have this. I challenge your right to do this in my life. I rebuke you. I resist you. I mean, you don't, you don't mince words about it. You get strong. Let the redeemed of the Lord say it. Say it. You, you need to say it. You need to be vocal. And any, any botch show up? Itch? Emirates? Now, this covers so much ground. One reason I'm taking time about this, it covers so much ground. The word scab. With the scab what's the scab? One, two, three, four, five, six translations say scurvy. Uh, two or three say eczema. Somebody say, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. From, eczema. from eczema. And you'll see that this includes all types of skin problems and skin diseases. Well, think of scab. That's back to the sore thing. And actually, the Septuagint, which again is one of the most highly respected translations, says malignant scab. Well, you know what malignant scab is. That's skin cancer. Think of the word malignant. Now, people don't like to, but we need to identify it. The word malignant literally means evil. Evil. That's what it means. So how in the world is somebody going to say that a malignancy came from God? They're saying evil came from God. Evil 
And it also means a, 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 a malignant thing is something that is evil and it's something, I'm, I'm just quoting definition now, that produces death, that works death. Well, that goes right in line with curse. A curse is evil. Another word for evil is bad. The curse is bad and the curse is a connection with death. Malignant. Malignant scab festering sores. Say it out loud, I've been redeemed from all skin problems. I've been redeemed from all tumors. I've been redeemed from all malignancies, all festering sores. Christ has redeemed me specifically from what? From what? The curse. What are we reading right now? I didn't write this. You didn't write this. We're reading the specific curse of the law. Tell me two good things about finding in the curse of the law. If it's a curse, there's no way God wants me to have it. Does God want you cursed? No way ever. What else? If it's a curse of the law, Christ has redeemed me. See, some of this try to bother you. Skin cancer, tumor, whatever, you know. What do you do? you got something solid to stand on right here. You can pick this up in your hand and you can say, according to Deuteronomy 28, 27, this is part of the curse of the law. And then you flip over. According to Galatians 3, 13, it is written. It is, how, how did Jesus overcome the enemy? How did he? You're not going to find a better way to do it. What do you say? According to Galatians 13, 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse. Therefore, I'm redeemed from this specific. Oh, thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Uh, one says, a couple of translations say, other sorts of skin disease. I, I, was, I received a healing off this verse right here when I was um, 19. When I was a little boy, we grew up in the country, and when I was a little boy, I was playing with my little push trucks and got into some poisonous bushes of some kind. And I didn't know it. I'm in summertime. I'm out there with no shirt on. I'm a little little child. And I took these leaves and the milk out of this plant and I rubbed it all over me. And I didn't know. And I got so sick that it affected my immune system. And then every about that time of year, I'd just break out. I didn't even have to be around the stuff. I'd just break out in these awful hives and rashes and run a fever and and this was with me you know I don't know what would I have been four years old I don't know little bitty kid and three four and, and this happened five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen I mean when, when it came time for me to take my graduation picture in high school you know they take the, it was, happened to be the same time I broke up it was pitiful. My picture's terrible. You talk about a bad graduation picture. 
man, I mean, you got bad picture and then you got this. Because, I, I, man, I was swollen. I was red. I did the best I could. I, I bathed in calamine lotion. And, and I went to, as a, as a teenager, I went to the doctor and got injections that were supposed to help me uh, to build up my immune system. And I had a bad episode while they're giving me the injections. And it didn't fix it. It didn't fix it. Well, by the time I was 19 and, and 20, I was out, Phyllis and I were out to uh, the Hagen ministry, beginning to work with them. And I was there in the early summer, and I felt these symptoms come on me. These, these hives, you, you, just, you could tell the feeling, just a yuck, sick feeling. And previously, you know, you're going to be in bed maybe two weeks. And if you take stuff, and you just feel terrible. And, uh, but I had learned something. I had learned that according to Deuteronomy 28:27, the itch, the scab, and if you read this, all other types of skin problems would uh, was part of the curse of the law. So I just, uh, you know, normally uh, you'd go to looking for your medications, you'd go to looking for this and that. I said uh, something came up in me. I know what it was. I'd been getting the word put in me. For, for a few years then, at that point, faith had come up in my heart. So instead of just, just going, to, you know, despairing, oh, no, not again. Instead of doing that, something else came out of my mouth. Oh, thank God for faith. Can you see why faith pleases the Lord? Because he don't want you to keep going through this. He wants you to get free from it. But it's going to take faith. I stood up. Just by myself, when I, I, I had, a, had a big rash come up. I think it was on my shoulder and area. And I thought, oh, man. And then I caught myself. I said, uh-uh, no. I said, no, you don't. Not this time. No, you, you got to get serious about this. You, sometimes you need to get loud. And if it's not convenient around other people, find you somewhere where you can lift your voice. And I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. According to Deuteronomy 28, this junk's part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed. I don't have to have this anymore. Come on, can you hear that phrase? I don't have to have this anymore. Come on, say it out loud. I don't have to have this anymore. Was it there? It was there. I had had it for years. From the time I was a child, now I'm in my late teens. All these years. Was I redeemed all those years? Yes. Yeah, I was. Was it doing me any good? No. Uh-uh. I didn't believe it. I wasn't laying hold of it. Were, were the children of Israel given the promised land? Yeah. Did that first generation enjoy it? No. Because no. God didn't give it to them? No. no. He did give it to them. There's a lot of people lost on this planet. Is it because the Lord didn't save them? No. no. Are they waiting on him to save them? No. no. Can they die lost even though he's already paid the price for them? Yeah, they can. Can you see how this works? Just because you've been redeemed does not mean you'll experience it. Something's got to happen in you to where you believe this. And, whether you, and you rise up and resist What's trying to come back into your life. And you receive the blessing. And resist the curse. That happened to me that time. It clicked. 
I remember where I was. I was out by myself. Actually was getting some gas in, in a car. And, and I just stood up. I looked around. Nobody was far, very close. I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. Not this time. I don't have to have this anymore. I rebuke you. I resist you. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from this. I'm redeemed from this. And I just, you know, it, it, it itched. It bothered me. It was inflamed. But I just, every time it'd come up, I'd say, no, uh-uh. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. And I just kept going. I went to work. I did what I needed to do. I noticed it again that evening. But I said, no, uh-uh. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I noticed it the next morning. I said, no, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. And then three days passed, and I realized I hadn't noticed it. Come on. I had forgotten to check. Come on. You don't need to check. Because that's not what tells you the truth. See, here's the problem, is you say it and then check. Oh, well, I thought I'd give it a try. (laughs) You never believed it. You never believed it. You don't say it and then check. Checking is not required. You need to get checking it off your mind. The Bible said Abraham was fully persuaded, and he didn't consider his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he was, he was strong in faith. Hallelujah. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. Can you see what happened there? I mean, you, you can't say there were no symptoms. He's got symptoms. His body's symptoms. His wife's body's symptoms. But the Bible said he didn't consider it. He saw it, but he didn't pay any attention to it. It's there. You're not saying it's not there. It's there, but it's got no right to be here. And I, I will never say it's got a right to be here. I will never accept it. Amen. I reject it. Amen. I resist it. Thank you, Lord. Like I said, about three days later, I realized, oh, that stuff was there. I, I pulled my shirt back. It's gone. Not, just no sign of it at all. Hallelujah. From that day to this, no rash. No, no allergy. Now see, if, if I'm still saying, ooh, I'm allergic to that. Ooh, I can't be around that. Ooh, what does that sound like to you? That's fear. That's fear. Fear makes you subject to it. Ooh, I can't, ooh, I can't be around that. Ooh, I can't eat that. Ooh, I can't, ooh, ooh, ooh. You got to get delivered from the ooh. Ooh is not saying you're redeemed. Ooh, I can't, ooh, I can't. Oh, I can't. Well, then you can't. You can't. But we have been redeemed. And you don't have to have it. If you find it in here, past the verse 15 line, tell me two good things. Tell me, tell me, tell me. It's a curse. So if it's a curse, there's no way God wants me to have it. And if it's a curse, I have been Redeemed. Verse 28. Here's some great things to find out. The Lord will smite you with madness, blindness, astonishment of heart. That was through him releasing the power that blessed or cursed, depending on which side you're on. Other translations say insanity, losing your mind. Then it says astonishment of heart. That means confusion of mind. 
bewilderment, distracted, being an imbecile, fear and panic, and being crazed in the wits. I'm quoting specific translations. Have you been redeemed from losing your mind? Can you see that? And, and this, if you read verse 65 through 67 and several verses there, all of it describes the full gamut of mental problems and nervous disorders. All of that is a curse. Tell me the good news about that. I want you to say something real strong for me. I will never, I will never lose my mind. Lose I'll have a good mind. I have the mind of Christ. My entire life. I'll never lose my mind. Why? 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 Because you've done everything perfect? No. No. Because you're more brilliant than somebody? No. No. It's not because of any of that. It's because Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And according to Deuteronomy 28, 28. Insanity, madness, losing your mind, confusion of mind. Did you hear that? I've been redeemed from being confused. Then you should stop saying, I'm so confused. It's the opposite of saying I'm redeemed. I want you to notice. When you're listening, or whether you do it on purpose or you're just in marketplace or shopping mall or restaurant, and you hear secular music. I want you to notice how often the enemy has worked in the phrase going crazy, losing your mind. Why is that so prevalent? Watch what I'm talking about. People don't even notice it. The enemy has got people saying by singing the song, it may be a catchy music and everything, I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy. You're making me crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy over you. Crazy. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing it. I'm... The enemy has got that in most of the population's mouth. Man, you should be more concerned about saying that than what people would call cuss words. I'm serious. You, you, you shouldn't dare. I mean, if somebody hit you with a ball bat, you, you wouldn't say it. Say what? I'm, I'm never losing my mind. Yeah, well, I'm getting older now, you know, and I don't remember things like I used to. I guess I'm just slipping. I guess I'm slipping. I guess my, you, you make me crazy. You just make me crazy. You make... Well, if we got to get over being dumb and quit saying I'm crazy and say something good like, I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. It keeps my heart and my mind. And I've been redeemed from losing my mind. I've been redeemed from confusion and being crazed in the wits. I've been redeemed. I don't have to have it. If any symptom starts to show up, do not panic. Remain calm. (laughs) And go to Deuteronomy 28 and Galatians 3.13 and affirm that you too are fully persuaded and the truth makes you free. 
Verse 65 and 67 goes along with this, which includes the heart. It says, a tr- verse 65, if you skip down there real quickly, verse 65, it said, among these nations you'll find no ease, you'll have no rest. The Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes, sorrow of mind. Trembling heart's part of the curse. Failing of eyes is part of the curse. Sorrow of mind is part of the curse. Other translations say a quaking heart, a shaking heart. That includes palpitations, any number of heart problems, fearful heart, anxious, unquiet mind, weary eyes, dim eyes, eyes that fail, wasted eyes. I don't have cursed eyes, I've got blessed eyes. I don't have a cursed heart, I've got a blessed heart. I'm redeemed. We're not saying these things are not in the earth. We're not saying it couldn't try to show up at your house. The enemy will do anything he can. But if it does, what do you do? What do you do? You you put your mouth in gear. You go into action. You resist the enemy. And you claim the blessing. And you reject the curse. Fear, it said. Non-assurance of life. Your life will be a burden to you. Night and day you'll go in fear, uncertain of your life. Uh, good to be redeemed. It describes how you're miserable and how when the daylight comes, you wish the day was over. And when the, the night comes, you wish it was day again. You're so miserable. You're so tormented. You're so vexed. Tell me two great things about this. It's a curse. So there's no way God wants you living like this. Miserable, tormented, mental problems, anxiety, and fear. Can't sleep, can't enjoy life. There's no way that's God's will for you. No way. It's a curse. And the other great thing is Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. In closing, skip down to verse 58. As you, as you know, there is so much to be said about all this. We're just giving a sampling. And we're focusing on the physical issues tonight. Verse uh, 58. If you'll not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord your God. The Lord will make your plagues wonderful. That's not in a good way. The plagues of your seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. Long continuance. Let's just stop right there. The word plagues, other translations say unimaginable plagues, amazing plagues. Plagues of your seed, three translations say plagues on you and on your descendants. One says, on you and your offspring. Another one says, strokes on you and strokes on your seed. This includes every kind of genetic problem. Things that are transferred from one generation to the next. It's a curse. Sure ain't a blessing. Any kind of defect, any kind of weakness, any kind of inability... Any kind of, you know, hypersensitivity to anything, as we've already talked about, these things. Someone said, well, you know, mama had it and her mama had it, and I guess I just have it too. It needs to stop somewhere. It needs to be stopped. 
Did God create the body? Did he create DNA? Did he create the genes? Do you reckon by some stretch he could tweak a gene? Do you reckon he could adjust a DNA if he made DNA? Reckon he could adjust some DNA? Yes. And not only can he, it's his will. The problems that came into the gene pool over previous generations, maybe for millennia, through disobedience and sin and every other kind of thing, was not God improving your lineage. It's a curse. It's not a blessing in disguise or otherwise. And if it is in here, extraordinary plagues, plagues on you and your descendants. Listen to the severe and lingering illness, prolonged diseases, persistent and severe, malignant and chronic diseases, one translation says. This thing about, well, I don't know why I've been dealing with it so long, that God must have some reason. No, no. A long-lasting disease and ailment cannot be the will of God. It's a curse. I said it's a curse. Now verse 60 gets into a whole nother list without even mentioning them. He'll bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt. Every disease and problem that was ever in Egypt is part of the curse of the law. And in case that didn't cover it, Verse 61, also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law. So if you find out about a disease that's not written here, then according to Deuteronomy 28:61, those are part of the curse of the law too. And if they discover a disease that just gets named in 2025, it's covered. Every, somebody say every sickness, every, every sickness, different translations say every kind of sickness, every disaster not recorded, any kind of sickness or calamity not mentioned in this book, all the sicknesses and plagues of which this book makes no mention, if he didn't mention it, It's included. Whatever Latin name the diagnosis told you, it's included right here. Said out loud, according to Deuteronomy Deuteronomy, 2861, every sickness, every disease, every calamity, not named, not mentioned here, is also part of the curse of the law. Tell me two great things. Two great things about that information. Number one, there's no way God wants me to have it. It's a curse. No way God wants me cursed. Number two, it's been taken care of. It has been taken care of. Christ, oh friends, he did not hang on that cross for no reason. He did not hang on that cross because he had no choice. You remember, they did not take him against his will. When they came to get him, he said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus. He said, I am. 
they all fell back on the ground. Show it. They couldn't take him. He let them take him. He let them scourge him. He let them nail him to the cross. Why? He became a curse for us. Judgment fell on him there. Not for himself. For us. Why? Why? He became a curse. What? So that we would be redeemed from the curse of the law. And so that the blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet and give him thanks. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, we worship you. 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 Just close your eyes if you would. The Bible said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. If you say, well, I, I, I've had problems with some of those things. I just described to you how I had problems with some of it for half my life. That's not the issue. Don't let any condemnation come because you've got a symptom. That's just the enemy trying to convince you to accept something. And maybe he had convinced you in the past and maybe you've accepted it for decades. But that stops tonight. I said that stops tonight. I want you to close your eyes and focus on this. Say it. You're saying it with other people so nobody is just isolated and focused on. You say it out loud. I don't have to have these curses anymore. I'm redeemed. Jesus has redeemed me. The Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Every disease, every sickness, every weakness, every mental problem, every emotional distress is part of the curse. I don't have to have it. I refuse to have it any longer. I don't have to have it anymore. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud. Every disease, every sickness, every infection, every growth, every depression, every confusion, leave us. Be gone in Jesus' name. I refuse your right to be in my life. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. And blessings, I receive you. Healing, I receive you. Freedom, deliverance, I receive you. In Jesus' name.